You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Well, hello there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 56 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. Oh my heavens. Oh my heavens. I have owed you guys a podcast for a long time. And yeah, I just have. And I want to tell you why I haven't been recording. And um, because big things are happening here. And things I'm extremely excited about. And I want to tell you all about them. I also want to tell you about how the massive shawl project is going, um, and specifically about the dying phase of that. And I may be a little all over the place today, because frankly, I'm just excited. So yeah, I'm excited today about all the changes that are happening with SheepSpot. I've spent a lot of time in the past month or so being terrified of all the changes that are happening with SheepSpot. So it feels really good to be in a slightly different place. Um, But basically, my brain has been just on fire with ideas and anxieties. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to spill the beans today about what I am cooking up for you folks. And it really is for you folks. It really is for my podcast listeners and for the people who find this podcast useful. Um, so it's called the Sheep Spotters Society, which is hard to say, lots of S's. Um, and it is going to be a membership program for spinners and a way for spinners who maybe don't have a place where they can take lessons or don't have a guild or other spinning friends to get together online and have a monthly focus, a monthly lesson on a specific topic. So we're going to have a topic every month and a really clear, non-overwhelming way to get better at spinning without having to hunt all over the internet for YouTube videos and um, without having to go through basically what I went through when I was trying to learn to spin. And I've been thinking a lot about my own journey as a spinner and um, the things that were difficult and the things that were easy and how it might be possible to create something online that could make that journey a little bit more straightforward, a little bit less, um, <clears throat> sorry, a little bit less angst filled, because it was angst filled for me, because I really knew from the first time my spinning teacher gave me a big bag of stinky, poopy, raw fleece that I was going to be a spinner and I wanted to be really good at it. And I had no freaking idea 
how to go about doing that. So I'm going to do a, a whole show actually a little bit later in July about my own spinning journey and my early, earliest spinning lessons, which were kind of a trip. Um, because I've been thinking about it a lot and it's a story that I want to share and also that I really want, I really want to know about your, your own journeys in learning to spin and what's been useful for you and what's been hard for you. But anyway, I'm going to come back to that. But, um, so I will say that I originally had the idea for this membership. It was very kind of inchoate, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted it to look like or how I wanted to go about doing it. But I had this idea, I think, three years ago. And I've just been sitting on it and sitting on it and not moving forward. And a couple of things have happened to kind of push me into committing to putting it together and launching it. And I'm actually going to launch it on September 23rd. Um, and I'll tell you more about obviously how to get more information. But um, the first thing that happened was that I myself joined a an online membership program this year. In January, I joined a weight loss program online. And it's called the PNP Tribe, P as in Paul, N as in Nancy, P as in Paul. Um, and it's a long story what that means, but which I'm not going to go into, but it's um, run by this astoundingly amazing weight loss coach named Corinne Crabtree. And I've lost 25 pounds, which I thought was pretty much impossible for me. I thought that for the rest of my life, I was only going to gain weight and I was never going to lose weight. And um, yeah, that's what I thought. I had completely given up. I didn't want to be in a war with food all the time. Um, and I thought that dieting, I mean, all my experiences with dieting, I have experienced as a war with food. And the amazing thing about Corinne is that she really teaches people how to change the way we think about food. She teaches women how to change the way we think about food. She only works with women. And she's she's just amazing and is incredibly giving and generous of her time and knows a lot. She herself lost 100 pounds and um, has kept it off for 14 years. And she cusses like a sailor, which I happen to love. Um, and so this was really my first experience of seeing a membership site from the inside and of experiencing the kinds of things that it could make possible for me. I was, I was skeptical. I was definitely skeptical because I've, you know, I've failed at every diet I've ever tried. And um, this really is not a diet. This is really a way of thinking about the role of food in my life and what it can do for me and what it can't. And um, Corinne loves to say that the only problem food can solve is hunger. And I'm at the point now where that's really something that I believe. And 
I experience every day. Um, and I haven't been this weight in 17 years. And I am planning on losing a bunch more. So, and I'm also completely confident that I can do it. So, being in Corinne's membership and sort of seeing what that looked like and um, what what could happen for me made me think, okay, this is really, we're at a point where the technology has advanced such that we can really do a kind of teaching online that has never been possible before, something that's totally not geographically specific um, and that is accessible to lots and lots of people and it's, I just think it's a really, really exciting moment. So the other thing that happened to kind of really push me forward in relation to this project and, you know, creating this thing that I'm calling the Sheep Spotters Society, um, I told you it was for you guys, is that I am taking a course with an online business expert named Stu McLaren, uh, who's actually lives like an hour away from me down the 401, um, which is the highway that runs through Ontario, basically. Um, so he's Canadian, and he's also a really amazing uh, human being and an amazing teacher. And he specializes in teaching people how to create memberships and how to do them right. And so I've been a lot of the reason I haven't been podcasting is that I have been deep into this course, and really mapping out exactly what I want this content to look like, exactly what members are going to get every month, and actually producing a lot of that um, content as I go through the course. And just getting amazing, amazing support. And I, I will say and that this really has changed my my mind about online learning because this is a true fact. So I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and a PhD all in English. And I have taught in universities for more than 30 years now. So I know, I know the ins and outs of what education looks like at this historical moment. And I have been a student a lot, and I have been a teacher a lot. And Stu's course is the best, most effective learning experience I have ever had. Like it puts graduate school at Cornell University. Well, I mean, not that my graduate teachers, they were br really brilliant people and scholars, but they were mostly not such great teachers. But anyway, this thing has been really astounding. So it's really opened my eyes to what's possible. And it's really made me want to change the way I think about delivering information and helping people sort of make use of that information in their in their lives and I think it's going to change my university teaching quite a bit this experience um so yeah so the whole point of the sheep spotter society is that it's going to be about um 
a set of stages that we all go through in the process of learning how to be the spinners that we want to be. And I'm calling that process the spinner's journey. And so the spinner's journey is a series of stages. But there are also these kind of topic areas or things that I think of as pillars of good spinning that are things like, you know, wheel mechanics and drafting and plying, finishing your yarn, using your yarn, storing your stash safely, all these different sort of areas. And so the way the membership is going to work is that we're going to kind of do a deep dive every month into one of those areas. And before the month starts, members are going to be able to do a self-assessment that I'm busy designing right now um, to show them sort of what stage they're at with respect to that particular topic area. And then I'm going to do a monthly lesson. And everybody is going to get really super targeted um, action items for the month of things that they can work on in relation to that topic area that are going to push them into the next stage. So it's really all about controlling overwhelm and giving people a clear set of steps to take to get to the point where they can really make any yarn they want on any wheel they have. Um, so that's not to say that some wheels aren't better at some yarns than others, but that's kind of that that's always been my goal as a spinner to get to the point where I can really um see a yarn in my mind, imagine a yarn and um figure out what I need to make it and how to make it and then make it. So um so that's where I have been. And as I say, it's been um it's been at quite an adventure and a bit of an emotional roller coaster because you know sheep spots 5 years old now and i had settled into a routine with it that included the fiber club and you know a specific set of shows where i was vending every year and this is I think going to really allow for some growth in the business, but it's also requiring me to um, kind of let go of that sense of the safe routine that I had established and move towards something that I think is going to be a lot bigger and, and better for the business. So, and then the other thing that's happening right now is that, um, both my studio assistant and my virtual assistant have are moving on to other pastures. And so I'm in the process of hiring for both those positions. I've actually hired a new virtual assistant. Um, her name is Ava, and she is a darling. You may see her in the Sheepspot community Facebook group. Um, so say hi. But um, so... So that's really entailed rethinking, okay, what do I want my role in Cheap Spot to be? What do I want the the other roles that contribute to sort of making this thing work? What do I want them to look like? 
and then finding the people that can actually, you know, really take ownership of of those roles. And that requires me to not have my little grubby fingers in every single pie, which is terrifying to me. Um, but which I think will also be really freeing and will allow me to focus on the stuff that I do best, which is designing colorways and teaching and podcasting. So really, I'm going to be kind of doubling down on the content and letting other people step into some of the other stuff that Cheap Spot needs, letting other people provide some of the stuff that the business needs so that it's not all relying on me. So um, that's what's been happening with me. And um, as I say, really excited. The doors to the Sheep Spotters Society are going to open on September 23rd. And if you think that you might be interested in joining, you might want to get in as what I'm calling a founding member. Um, And that is going to be a grandfathered price of $19 a month. And if you are a founding member, that means your price will never go up. So um, the price definitely is going to go up the next time I launch, which will probably be in January. But if you get in as a founding member, you're grandfathered in at $19 a month for as long as you are a member. So um, if you would like to get more information about the Sheep Spotter Society as it becomes available, you can head over to the Sheep Spot website, which is sheepspot.com slash TSS. T is in Tom, S is in Sam, S is in Sam. That stands for the Sheep Spotter Society. So let's talk about dying. Um, so this week, I finally made it into the studio to do the dyeing for my Via Yante, Via Yanta project. It's been so long, I've forgotten how to say it. Um, so did a bunch of shows in, did one in May, one in early June. And then Danielle was working really hard on getting the club fibers out for the fiber club and um and then the studio was looked like a cyclone had hit it and so that had to kind of be dealt with and finally this week I got in and I mixed up the dye formulas for the fibers I'm using for this project and um here's a thing about me and that is I am not a silk dyer I'm not good at it. I always forget, and I did forget in this case, um, that silk has to soak for a super long time before you put it in the dye bath um, because it just takes a long time for the fibers to get wet enough that they can really take the dye. So what that meant was, so I have these six colors and I had three different fibers. So the Polworth silk, and then the merino cashmere, and some silk top that I was going to blend with the merino cashmere, because I wanted it to be 
a silk blend all the way through the shawl. Um, and that was, that's for drape and shine. So, um, so I had these six colors and the way that I work in the studio, I don't have a lot of small containers, um, in which to die. I mostly work in those big steam table trays. And so that's what I have. So I, it was not easy to figure out how I was going to dye a bunch of different colors without having to do them all one at a time. So I ended up mixing the dye solutions and dyeing the fibers in um, mason jars, in, in like canning jars. And so I mixed up the six different dye colors and um, put the fibers into the canning jars, but I did not let the silk, oh, yoy, yoy. I did not let the silk, silk soak enough. Um, so I did not get much depth of shade with the silk, and that is going to have some implications later on, which I hope are not going to be too disastrous. Um, so because the silk um, basically it was a very, it's a very, it was a very nice silk top. Um, and I think it was, it's Bombex silk. Um, but it was quite tightly, um, the top was quite dense. And, um, so I, I just didn't get good color saturation all the way through the top. So when I blend it with the cashmere and, um, merino, my fear is that even though I got pretty even, um, the colors of the polar silk and the merino cashmere came out very similar, which I am glad about. Um, but for the, and particularly for the main color, which is my red violet, um, that all came out looking pretty uniform considering that they're really different fibers. Um, so I think that all is working well and I did soak that silk overnight. So I got pretty good, um, depth of shade with that, um, bit of the silk, but the, the other colors, the secondary colors that I dyed in the canning jars, I did not get um, good color saturation on the silk. So I'm worried that when I blend that silk with the merino cashmere, um, those bats are going to look lighter in color than the, um, than their kind of opposite numbers in the polar silk. And I'm not really sure. I mean, I need to do the blending and see what's you know, what's up. But um, I'm a little concerned about that. I'm hoping that because they're really only going to be little bits of those secondary colors in each bat, that it won't be too obvious. And that if the main color is fairly uniform through the whole project, that will be enough to kind of make it look all of a piece. I'm also going to do some, um, I'm going to make at least one, maybe two bats that are actually a blend of half of the merino silk cashmere and then half of the Polworth silk. So I'll have some kind of intermediate, um, 
shading going through and i'm i hope that that will prevent like a very clear line of demarcation between the two different sets of fibers but um but i'm basically happy with my results i just need to remember um the next time i dye silk that i need to let it soak for way longer and um and maybe also um, up the dye the silk separately and maybe up the dye concentration a little bit, um, just to be on the safe side. But you know, you live and learn. I could have tried to redye stuff, but um, I just decided that I was gonna. I was just gonna keep moving forward, as Stu McLaren says, and um, and keep working and see how it turns out. And, you know, it's going to be a funky hand spun project, no matter what. And um, so maybe these aspects of its funkiness will not be too irritating to the eye. That's my hope, at least. Um, So I think that is what I've got for you this week. Um, I am going to go back into the studio and do a bit more, um, sorry, not a bit more, do a bit of um, bat making. I'm going to start by blending together the silk and the cashmere merino. Um, And then I'm also going to, I'm also going to make bats out of the six different colors of the Polworth silk just so I can, um, when I take those colors and I go to make the final bats, the bats that I'm actually going to spin, the layered bats with all six colors, that I'll have as much uniformity as possible because those fibers will already have been blended into bats. So that's the next step. And I will, um, I'll be back next week to tell you how it went and whether or not the um, merino cashmere silk bats are lighter in value than the Polworth silk. And if so, if I'm going to do anything about that, or if I'm just going to kind of go with it. Folks, I'm glad to be back. I'm sorry about the impromptu hiatus. But um, I hope that the fact that I'm, I'm working hard making a thing for you will, um, will make up for it a little bit. So, um, more soon. And in the meantime, have a wonderful week. I hope that you are well and you are spinning happily. And if you are not, you should definitely go spin something. All right, loves. (music) Bye-bye.